If we divide, they will conquer. This article appears in both the physical and online editions of Slingshot number 136. Slingshot is a wonderful anarchist newspaper going strong since the 1980s, and they put put out a fabulous thing called the Slingshot Organizer. The 2023 edition is available now. Go to slingshotcollective.org. You can find this in written and podcast forms as well at davidrovics.com slash this week. The left, especially in the United States, has become more of a circular firing squad than it's ever been. Left people calling out other left people for their perceived transgressions, microaggressions, or language use has become far more commonplace than left organizations or movements actually challenging those in positions of power. There are reasons we got to this point. And there's a way out. The way out starts with understanding how destructive the exclusive culture of so much of the left has become and how to build an inclusive movement based on the ideas of solidarity and having a forward-thinking vision around how we can build a new egalitarian, sustainable society. These are bleak times. The ongoing catastrophes of climate change are picking up the pace dramatically. There are major wars ongoing, the potentially imminent prospect of nuclear war. There are billions of people around the world going hungry. The real wages of the average worker are falling fast as food and energy costs skyrocket, along with the prices of houses, mortgages, and rents. Far-right politicians and parties are in the ascendancy in the U.S., Italy, France, Spain, Germany, Sweden, Hungary, India, and many, many other places. Some elements of the population face particular forms of persecution and discrimination due to factors like skin color, gender, and sexual orientation. We are far from achieving an egalitarian society where everyone has enough of all the good things in life by virtue of being alive, not because they've managed to work two jobs and step over the dead bodies on the sidewalk in order to pay the ever-increasing monthly rent for their moldy apartment. The social movement inspired by the killing of George Floyd that was on the streets of the U.S. throughout the summer of 2020 and beyond has at this point died a pretty horrible death. With so many of the best organizers across the country having been targeted by cancellation campaigns and rendered inert, leaving progressive networks and organizations paralyzed with an inability to function under the circumstances, it's a fairly obvious moment to take stock of the situation. How did we get here? It's a complicated answer. The U.S. is a country with an astounding degree of inequality between the rich and the poor. The degree of inequality between the classes is wildly greater than any other difference between members of the population. The inequality in the U.S. is worse now than at any point since the age of the robber barons around the turn of the 20th century. In a country with such severe inequality, maintaining stability is a challenge for the capitalist landlord class that is in power. They have employed various techniques. One of the perennial ones includes giving concessions to certain parts of the population while withholding them from others in order to continually foment division within the population, with some elements wanting to hold on to the crumbs they've been given and others wanting their share of the crumbs that have been withheld. Despite these efforts at divide and conquer, Huge sections of the population frequently manage to see past these strategies and form movements across the lines of race, national origin, region of the country, rural versus urban, and so on. 
Notable examples of intensely inclusive social movements that accomplished great things include the radical, multiracial, immigrant-led labor movement of the early 20th century and the civil rights movement that followed it, which shared many of its strategies and goals. In the ongoing efforts of progressive forces in society to make a better world, or at least a less miserable one, there have at various points been widespread understanding of the methods used by the capitalists, their willing agents, and their unwitting collaborators. The IWW, for one, produced volumes of educational materials, such as the Mr. Block cartoon series, in an effort to create an awareness among the ranks of the working class of all backgrounds about these methods of divide and conquer practiced by the oligarchs in charge. The IWW recognized the vital importance of including all of the working class in their one big union. In so many cases, for the first time, they welcomed people of color, women, and others who had been so often excluded from joining unions in the past. The bosses still use their favorite technique of hiring strike breakers from a, a different race or national background when workers of another race or national origin were going on strike. This technique successfully broke strikes and led to what were called race riots. Particularly in the wake of the exposure of the FBI's massive secret counterintelligence program known widely as COINTELPRO in the early 1970s, Elements of the progressive movement became more keenly aware than ever about the many methods of destabilizing and breaking apart organizations and social movements that were widely employed by the secret police. Meanwhile, the general tendencies within the left that had existed for centuries continued to exist. At the risk of oversimplifying things, I'd suggest that one way we can understand two major tendencies that have long been a part of the left around the world might be to look at how some movements, groups, and individuals orient towards a more narrow definition of common interests or a broader definition, a more exclusive definition or a more inclusive one. The civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s also broadly recognized how race had been used as a tool for division. Bayard Rustin, Martin Luther King Jr., and so many other leaders of the movement deeply understood the importance of leading a movement that sought the betterment of the entire working class. Typical of MLK's thinking, when he was shot to death, he was about to lead a massive march on Washington called the Poor People's March that explicitly was to include poor people from all backgrounds. Later, at the end of the 20th century, the global justice movement that arose in response to the wildly growing divide between the rich and the poor, both within the U.S. and around the world, recognized how the interests of the labor movement and the interests of the environmental movement were being systematically used as a tool of divide and rule, and this movement went about different ways to unite teamsters and turtles. But there has also long been the more exclusive left tendencies. If they didn't exist, COINTELPRO makes it very clear they would have been manufactured, and in many cases they were. If they didn't exist, the corporate-controlled media would give us the exclusive narrative and assign it to groups and individuals, hoping it sticks. The corporate media rarely mentions the existence of a working class that has broadly common interests, such as housing, health care, education, jobs, a clean and sustainable environment, etc., Rather, it prefers to focus on all the different ways society is divided, other than by class. If class enters the picture, 
It's only in the context of race, gender, sexual orientation, or disability. This is a divide-and-conquer technique on the part of the corporate media and the class that owns the corporate media, the ruling class. And it's one that many, many people in our society have enthusiastically participated in, thinking that by talking about how oppressed they are and how privileged other people are, they will hopefully eventually advance the interests of the marginalized groups they identify with. To my knowledge, it's a tactic that has historically failed dramatically and is doing so again now. With the advent of social media, the capacity for social movements and society in general to become sectarian, polarized, antagonistic, and otherwise broken is multiplied. As well-intentioned as so many people calling for the liberation of different marginalized groups are, with the help of highly selective corporate media coverage and narrative creating, along with extremely destructive social media algorithms that are designed to foment conflict, all we're really left with is a circular firing squad and no one is left standing, except for the ruling class, who no one in the squad seems to be aiming for. It is clear that our movement is broken. The liberals currently in power are failing to provide for the population as usual, and the right wing is using the failure of so-called liberal democracy, that is, capitalist pseudo-democracy, and the hopelessly divided band of identity-obsessed people shouting at each other that we once called the left, as a stepping stone in their ongoing rise to power. If there was ever a time when we needed to find common ground with as big a section of the working class as possible and create an egalitarian society before the fascists take advantage of our society's divided state and destroy everything, that time is now. While the building of such a movement is an endlessly complex and challenging proposition, we can be sure that the path we're on the path of trying to build a movement that's based on attempting to make some elements of the working class feel guilty for their relative privilege, while other elements of the working class work on getting accepted by a broken capitalist system, is not going anywhere good. When you're in a hole, the best thing to do, first, is to stop digging. We could tackle the economy first. Get rid of all the billionaires Set the system up so that instead of hoarding, people share Make housing, food, and health care Basic human rights around the world for everyone Is how we'd set our sights If we could get to that point I could say that then We could make the planet Earth great again With human rights around the world, there'd be no refugees, no safeguarding your homeland from terrorists overseas, no need for a border wall, no jobs to protect, with a global basic income established, it's simple and direct, free trade, fair trade, same damn thing, we get to that point then, we can make the planet earth great again. We could take on other issues, like the survival of our race, by which I mean the bipeds on this floating rock in space, the most invasive species anywhere around, the one that keeps on burning everything that can be found, the one that will get it together in the nick of time and then make the planet Earth great again. We can stop spending money 
on antiquated technology, such as tanks and missiles and most other things military. We can use those vast resources to make us all safe and sound. Windmills in the air, coal and oil in the ground. We can be the envy of the rest of the galaxy when we make the planet Earth great again. We make the planet Earth great again. We make the planet Earth great again. We